to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. And the fall is one of my very favorite times of the year. Um, I know we really haven't been getting the weather changes this year, which actually is one of the reasons for this show today. Um, You know, allergies can be difficult in the fall. And I know we we always talk about allergies in the spring. In April, May, we always have on Dr. Ty Prince to talk to us about that, local allergist. And uh, I've been noticing that this fall, it seems the fall allergies are worse than normal. They at least have been for me. And now my allergy may be different than your allergy, but I have been seeing and hearing a lot uh, about people having tough allergies. And it's been a hot fall, as you're aware, and it's been very dry. And uh, and then things do shift in temperature and air quality, and so allergies in East Tennessee are not real friendly to people residing in this area. A sneeze, a cough, allergies are never fun. So uh, we have joining us again our good friend, uh, Dr. Ty Prince. He's a local allergist specializing in asthma, clinical immunology, and, of course, allergies. And he's with the Allergy, si- Asthma, and Sinus Center here in Knoxville. It's always great to have you with us. Good morning, Dr. Prince. Welcome Thank you, Jim. My... I appreciate you having me. Oh, it's always great to have you on. So let's dive right into the fall. It seems like we're always talking about spring allergies. Let's talk a little bit about fall allergies. Is it ragweed, ragweed, ragweed? Is there other stuff going on? And what is it like this year? Why is it some people are talking about it more this year? Well, the uh, the ragweed, of course, grows really nicely in areas there where we have disturbed ground, so construction sites and, and places where you've had uh, washout, uh, that kind of thing uh, on the ground. But uh, when it gets real hot like this, the ragweed thrives and pollinates and, and might even pollinate a little better in stress conditions. Uh, but you, get, uh, you just get a, a really high ragweed counts here in East Tennessee. And then uh, the only good thing about our current weather is that it's kept the mold counts down since the moisture has been down. We don't have, uh, we can't find any mold on our counters or very little mold on our counters. So the outdoor mold allergy sufferers are doing better. But, you know, we're seeing ragweed come out earlier now in the last decade, and we're seeing levels. We've always had extremely high levels of it. Now, it's been really hot. And they're saying next week it's going to be in the 90s every day again. It's just kind of crazy. Last week of September. What, what does that bring out? Well, the, again, you, you don't get as much mold, but you, you just get a lot of people are outdoors more. Uh, sometimes in the, when the weather is good, I know it's going to be hot, but uh, people, people will be out uh, with their, uh, with their uh, convertible tops down or sometimes their windows open, that kind of thing. Uh, so it just, uh, again, just really extremely high pollen levels, uh, uh, which we have here in East Tennessee. It's what really makes us different. I know one of the things that you tend to do when you start getting hit with seasonal allergies a lot of people reach for a nasal decongestant you know a spray Mm -hmm. 
and sprays if you use them too long can can lead to what i guess i read is rebound congestion can you explain the danger of relying too much on nasal sprays well that is the biggest danger is you're going to get a lot of rebound congestion it occurs very suddenly so people uh report just walking down the street and all of a sudden their nose just suddenly blocks up uh you can also get nosebleeds from prolonged use of that and the nosebleeds are hard to stop because the blood vessels are sort of worn out they've been contracting and opening up so much and so vigorously that they they don't contract normally until you get off the the decongestant sprays for a while so why is it dr prince that I mean, I, I've been kind of hit hard the last couple of weeks. I have some friends I know that have been hit kind of hard, and then others. I mean, we know East Tennessee is one of the worst places in the, really in the world for allergies. It is. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because we have so many different kinds of vegetation, I guess. And so we there's do, so but many. We, we also have the type of pollution that promotes the development of allergies. Is that because of the mountains all around us? Uh, we think so. Uh, we, you know, if you get to the top of uh, the mountains, Clingman's uh, Dome, some of these other areas, you can see some some damage from pollution. There's a, there's a thought uh, that we get pollution from uh, from uh, the Alabama Valley there that comes up and and sticks in the mountains there. Uh, and that's another thing with these big mountains. Uh, we get a lot of barometric pressure variances and changes. So we'll get these fronts that, that stick uh, in the mountains up in there on one side of the mountain. You'll have a barometric pressure difference there that they'll, they'll make people miserable who have a lot of sinus problems. Now, I grew up in the area, so I've been around this all my life, yet I still struggle a lot. That's right. Seems like some people just don't have a care in the world with allergies. I mean, why is it it affects some of us so differently than others? It seems very clear that probably the biggest reason, Jim, is our is our uh, our microbiome, the bacteria in our houses. Believe it or not, and we don't see allergies in third world countries, and we don't see allergies in farmers as often as we do in us city folk. Uh, and if you go in and look at the homes, you'll find a difference in the bacteria that are in the homes you'll you'll find less allergies in a home that has a dog that goes in and out all the time there'll be different background based bacteria in the in the house uh and it's uh you'll see more allergies in amish who split apart from the from the sect and go into a more uh more uh um, uh, new life, uh, new life, uh, lifestyle. You know, with uh, with uh, cars and microwaves instead of horses and and uh, wood stoves. So they have bigger issues. Uh, they'll have the more Amish problems do. when they come in and and clean up and and go to a you gotcha. know a a, uh, a 2019 lifestyle instead of a, a 1800s lifestyle. Hmm. Probably that lack of exposure to ground-based bacteria is probably the the difference there. Wow, I never do that. That's extremely fascinating. In terms of medications, we tend to want to, I mentioned the nasal spray, but we tend to want to reach for over-the-counter medicine. In your view, Dr. Prince, what are some of the more effective over-the-counter medicines? Well, the most effective is not a, uh, the is a cortisone nasal spray a topical cortisone so you're not getting a lot into your bloodstream but taking those regularly are your best bets so picking up some flonase nasonex nasacort those are not addictive nasal sprays in fact you have to use them regularly before they're going to work 
but taking that a couple of days before the pollen season starts and taking it regularly is the best thing you can do short of just taking oral or injectable steroids. So it has to build up in your system? How long does it take? Uh, it it, it builds up in your nasal passage is a better way of looking at it. But, you know, the allergic reaction starts in the nose. So you'll see these commercials uh, on television about how the the nasal sprays, uh, cortisone nasal sprays, uh, block more symptoms. It's usually Flonase on there that's getting all the press, but uh, uh, it's true. They block more symptoms, and they block the early reaction, which is the release of histamine, and they block the late reaction hours later with the inflammatory cells coming in there. So if you use that, start that a week or so before the pollen starts, uh, that's going to be your best bet. Okay, so if you wait until you have until you're symptomatic, it's just not going to be nearly as That's effective. Correct. Huh? Absolutely. Now, what about natural remedies? A lot of people look for natural remedies. Um, you know, I guess the most common thing that we hear about is honey. But I get local honey. But I guess before we get even to the to the honey. Does CBD oil help with allergies? Uh, you know, I haven't seen any articles. <laughs> Everything's about, about CBD oil you know, now, right? Everybody that I talk to that uses <laughs> CBD oil uh, has some kind of remarkable story about it, usually pain control or body aches or energy or something but yeah nothing on allergies uh, uh we haven't had anything that's a great question no one's ever asked me that jim that's a fantastic question <laughs> but you know the honey i have never had a patient that told me that honey didn't help them uh I, you know i it doesn't make any sense from an immunological standpoint because the pollen in the honey is is really large pollen. It's not the pollen that uh, ha- doesn't have ragweed, and they talk about clover uh, honey and that kind of thing. Clover doesn't cause allergies. It's too big of a particle. It'll never make it to our nose. It's these little tiny particles that make the difference, and they wouldn't there wouldn't be enough in honey to make any difference. Uh, you know, we give the some doctors, especially in Europe, will do the uh, pollen uh, sublingual under the tongue, you got to use really high amounts of it. It tastes awful if you get up to the right amount. But people that people that take honey, you've just gotten positive feedback. Well, everybody loves the taste of it. So, but there there might be is there some placebo? Is there some placebo effect? You know, with with allergy, yes. Uh, You know, allergies wax and wane. So, if you, my dad used to joke about putting a carrot in your ear. Uh, If you're lucky enough and you put that carrot in your ear and the pollen's down, or it's just been right after a rain, uh, you know, you could swear by it. But uh, you look pretty silly with a carrot in your ear. We're visiting this morning with Dr. Ty Prince. He's from the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center. He's always very generous with his time. We always have him on in the spring, but fall allergies have really been big this year. I know I've been affected. I know many of you listening have been affected. When we come back, we'll have more with him, including do allergies get worse as we age, and are there worse times of day than others that we need to be avoiding being outside and things like that? So don't go away as we listen to more Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Thank you. 
listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. It's September Saturday in Rocky Top, and there's no better feeling than waking up on a game day in Knoxville. We are going to be soon as the fall approaches. The air will become thinner and the temperature will be lower. And it's great driving across the Tennessee River in late September, and you start seeing the leaves get a little bit of yellow in them. Uh, fall means different things to different people. Pumpkin spice lattes have come out at Starbucks. You got hay bale rides, cowboy boots, football. It's also a time as the season changes, we get we get some allergy issues. And as you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, we are visiting this morning with Dr. Ty Prince. He's with the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, good friend of the program. Uh, have him on many times over the years. And we're talking about fall allergies, which we've not really talked about much. I know I've had a lot of feedback from people in the community uh, about having issues this year, and I know I have had issues this year. So let's let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, Dr. Prince. Um First off, I mentioned before the break there, do allergies worsen as we age? It seems like our, it should get better because our bodies are adjusting more. It might have a little bit to do with how long you've lived in an area, but I, that patients ask me that question all day long, especially our retired patients and especially the patients that move here. Uh, the patients uh, wonder why they're developing allergies at an older age. The fact is you can develop them at any age. I think, again, it's environment more than anything else. I I can't tell you how many patients, at least half of my patients are transfers to this area, either most of them retiring, but also these college kids coming into the area. And I hear two years all day long, two years. I've been here two years. I've been here two years. I've been here two years. And that's uh, two good ragweed seasons and two good uh, uh, tree pollen seasons. Uh, and then it but, starts hitting them. Yeah, uh, you, you also develop more allergies when your immune system goes down. Uh, if there's any reason that we think people over the age of 65 or so, the immune system starts to uh, wax and wane a little bit, and it might not suppress the development of allergies as well as it would in a young person. But I think environment's the biggest thing. You know, one thing I've noticed on that line of the when the immune system goes down is it seems like if I get just a little bit of a cold, like not allergies, but a cold, mm-hmm. seems like within 24 to 36 hours, I start getting my hands around it, but then my I just get this huge allergy. Yes. And it, I guess because it weak, just weakens my immune system just it will, enough? It is will, that... it will uh, enhance your allergic reactions. Of course, you're already getting a better blood flow to your nose, and, and but it definitely enhances your, your allergies when you get that. And if your immune system is fighting allergies, it's slow to respond to the virus. The part of the immune system that the allergies hijack is the part that fights viruses off. So you'll very often notice, as your allergies get worse, more frequent colds and lasting longer as well, too. So, you know, sometimes allergies, you really feel sick. Mm-hmm. 
So how do you differentiate? Sometimes it's hard to even differentiate between do I have a cold or do I have allergies? Well, the allergies aren't contagious, but the colds are. And people go to heck in a handbasket within 24 hours with a cold. They go from from maybe having a little bit of sniffle to feeling bad all over, low-grade temperatures and that kind of thing. Uh, hay fever is actually uh, coined when the people were cutting the uh, straw in the in in uh, the the fall, and so classic hay fever is defined as uh, fall allergies. But uh, you can get a fever from it, but uh, typically it it happens with heavy exposure, uh, especially to molds. It seems like sometimes they just get worse through the day and into the evening. Uh, is that will. is that just because we're out and about more? It, that's part of it, but the pollen peaks, the ragweed pollen peaks between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. So those are times when we're going to go out to lunch if you're a, a, a business person like you are and and uh, get off work. I know you get off work probably at 8 or 9 at night, and, and uh, so the pollen might not be as bad then. <laughs> Well, it depends on the night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I have sleep apnea, mm-hmm. and so I wear a CPAP machine, mm-hmm. and I, I have a full mask. It does my nose and my mouth. But i got to be honest, when when I'm having allergies, I almost look forward to going to bed because mm-hmm. I put that thing on. Mm-hmm. And it like, if I have a good fresh filter in there, it's yes. like all of a sudden I'm getting clean air. Well, you're getting pressurized air, too. It literally pushes down the nasal membranes, uh, like the nasal decongestants, but there's no rebound to it. So people will, especially you probably have a CPAP that has a gradual increase in pressure. Mm -hmm. So you'll put that on there, and the pressure will gradually increase, and it just pushes those nasal membranes back, and you get good nasal flow, which, by the way, is extremely important for sleep apnea. Good nasal flow is extremely important for sleep apnea. Do you see many people that ha- have a lot of issues with their CPAP because they're not keeping it clean enough? It's, uh, you know, it's hard to tell because you don't know if your problem is from the CPAP or not. Uh, you know, certainly we recommend cleaning them, and there are companies that that advertise uh, cleaning those. But, yeah, you don't want any any mold or moisture. And some of the patients use moisturizers. Uh, they, they have a water. They blow the air gets blown through water. And those are the ones you really have to watch out. You can start growing mold in your, uh, your tubing. Your sounds equipment. awful. Yeah. Now, you were talking earlier about our houses. So let's kind of talk into our house environment a little bit. You mentioned pets, even dogs bringing stuff in from outside. I've not thought about that that way because we have a dog that primarily is inside, but we let her out a good bit too. Mm -hmm. I guess she's kind of inside and out. Uh, but let's talk about our air filters. You know, that's a, can be controversial. They can be too thick. Yes. And then they hurt the airflow. Yes. What do you recommend for air filters in, in terms of that? I recommend a high-efficient one, uh, not the allergy filters. You say, well, you're an allergist. Why not? It's because the you'll see the filter companies like to promote the fact that it filters out dust mite. The dust mite is going to hit the patients long before it hits the air conditioning system. It gets released with human interaction. So when you walk across the carpet or sit on your bed, it releases the dust mite. So it's going to hit your nose before it hits that. So there's no need to filter out your dust mites. You need to encase your dust mites or get hardwood or linoleum or tile floors where you don't have the environment for the dust mites. But, yes, those filters uh, will will shut your system 
system down because of the drag and the airflow. Remember that you, that you replace your air typically every couple of hours uh, in your house. So if you had a filter that that had was ninety percent efficient. Uh, two hours later, that air is going to come back through there. It's going to get another 90% of it. So, you know, it's going to, we've looked at studies where you do air samples within a house and compare a house that the same house that has a high efficiency filter, maybe a MERV rating of 12 to 14 compared to an allergy filter with a MERV rating MERV of 18 to 22. There's no difference in the air samples. That air still has to blow through that air duct, and when it blows out, it stirs up a lot of stuff. So turning down the air speed might help a little bit as well, too. It might it might take longer to heat and cool your house if you've been gone for a while and you've turned it down. But it'll create more steady airflow because it heats and cools the house slower, and you get steady airflow. And that way you don't get as much moisture built up in your house. Uh, some of the systems are so big and so efficient that they heat and cool the house too fast hmm. so you don't get good airflow. It turns the airflow off. So, on, uh, God, there's a lot to unpack there. But the, so the, on the f- air efficiency filters themselves... We don't. We want high efficiency, but not the like something in that twelve to fourteen MERV rating. Yes, exactly. And not the twenty-two in or my, the eighteen. In my opinion, or, there's going to be about uh, five hundred filter people out there that are, are ready to call in yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, but and should uh, we change them every month, every quarter? What do you recommend? I, uh, I change them just exactly the way they tell me to every quarter. Uh, I, you know, they're, I take them. I've taken them out to see how dirty they get. Uh, and they don't get that dirty. I take them out and hold them up to the light, and they still got good filtering. So why not leave them in? Now, you mentioned about the don't heat or cool too fast, so is it a bad idea, especially at least when we're thinking about allergies, to, you know, Turn turn everything down when we leave for a trip. That's you know, a bad and then we have to turn anyway. everything back up. That's a bad idea in East Tennessee. Now you can just keep your air moving. Uh, I turn my fans on. Uh, I just turn the fan on when I go out of town. Uh, and just leave that on to keep the airflow moving. And then we got, we got the, a lot of people uh, have the electronic uh, smart houses. I, I just have those Nest things. So my wife's, since our fan speed is low, uh, as soon as we start heading home, she's she's uh, connecting with our system to turn the air conditioning back on. <laughs> but turning the temperature way up where it's not even running, like to 75, 76, 78 Bad degrees, idea. not you a You could do that idea. and just leave your fan on auto. Uh, and it'll just that way it'll keep the yeah, air keep the air flowing. Yes. Okay, that's really interesting. That'll keep your humidity down. That's important in East Tennessee indoors because if your humidity stays above sixty percent, you're going to start growing mold. Guaranteed. Now, it there, there's a lot of buzz that our allergies just keep the allergy the allergens in the air get worse and worse every year, which brings up questions of climate change. We'd love to hear Doctor Prince's. Uh, opinion on all of that. Also, when we come back on our dollars and cents segment, the the transition into retirement can be very difficult, not just emotionally and, and adjusting to the new lifestyle, but the idea of moving from a saving phase where you're accumulating money to a spending phase and you're drawing money out, and that can make us real worried. 
you know, about, oh, my goodness, is the money going to last if I start actually pulling it out? It kind of goes against what we've always done on our lives. So how can you deal with that transition itself? So don't go away. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Rolling down a backwoods, Tennessee byway. One arm on the wheel. Holding my lover with the other. A sweet, soft southern thrill. Worked hard all week. Got a little jingle on a Tennessee Saturday night. Couldn't feel better, I'm together with my Dixieland delight. Through his weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College, Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. And we're talking about fall allergies this year, this uh, morning. It's been a difficult fall season and probably going to get worse as the, as the climate changes, you know, with this extension of the heat and the, and the dry. Of course, molds are down, which is, that's a good thing. But we're visiting with Dr. Ty Prince. He's at Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center. Good friend. Comes in every year. We appreciate having him on the show. Uh, before we get back to Dr. Prince, however, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Retirement can be a difficult transition. It's very significant because you're changing from being an earner to being a spender. And that's why you hear me say that the plan that gets you to retirement is not going to be the plan to get you through retirement. Think about this way. After years of diligently putting money aside and carefully investing to accumulate your retirement saving, you'll now be spending or decumulating those assets to fund your retirement lifestyle. And that can be a difficult adjustment when you want to minimize the risk of running out of money before you run out of life. And people are living longer and longer lives. A married couple, 65, probably going to make it 29 years. One of those spouses is probably going to live to 94 years old, just be kind of average. 25% likely one of you is going to live to 98. So you don't want to run out of money, and you've got a long lifetime to plan for, But you're not an earner anymore. You're a spender, and it goes against the grain. So here are three quick ideas to help you with that transition. Number one, you want to draw a fixed income from fixed investments. You want certainty of income, especially 
in the early years of retirement. So in other words, you want to be drawing your income from safe vehicles in vehicles that are either guaranteed where they guarantee the principal or where they're very very stable in other words you can count on that money being there maybe put another way you're not living on investments that are going up and down in value every year and every month and every day because inevitably they will be down and that means that when they're down you're selling them off when they're down and spending that money you'll compound your loss it'll never come back because you've spent it see it's okay to sell something when it's down and reinvest but one of the fundamental rules of wealth management is don't spend an investment loss in other words don't have to sell it if it's down in a market decline and then have to spend it so that means you need to secure income in the early years of retirement from safe and secure sources. Number two, you do need growth. Don't underestimate the need for long-term growth because you may live for 30 years in retirement or even more if you retire early. So you need the money to last and inflation becomes, it's like this, it's like cholesterol. It's a silent killer. It just kind of sneaks up on you and you wake up one day in 10 or 12 years and you're like, well, where'd all my income go? It just slowly, slowly erodes your income, and then you wake up and you don't have enough income. So you need long-term growth, but you've got to be able to assess the risk that you're taking in your longer-term growth investments and make sure you're balancing risk and reward, you're measuring the risk, and you don't get any big surprises along the way. You know, you plan for risk before it happens, not while it's happening. So we know that the past doesn't guarantee the future, but we've got great resource. We have a software tool that tells us with a 95% likelihood what your full range of returns are likely to be in the next six months. From the worst case scenario to the best case scenario and everything in between. We can also stress test. What if we repeated a 2008 or what if we had a, a sharply rising interest rate environment? Is your bond portfolio going to hurt you too badly? We can stress test all of that. And yeah, you might get an outcome a little bit different than that because we know that we can't, you know, predict the future based on the past, but we can have a pretty good understanding of how a given portfolio may behave in various types of markets. You need to understand that. So be sure that you're balancing risk and reward appropriately and you understand the need for long-term growth, but that you measure the risk so you don't get something completely unexpected and then you make a big emotional decision and sell at the worst time. And then that leads me to my third point, which maybe should be point number one, is you've got to understand your plan at least at a 30,000-foot view so you know how all this fits together. So you know if you retire and there's a bear market in year one or year two, that it's not going to devastate you because you've planned for the reality that that could happen. And because of the way you set up your income plan and the way you've measured your risk, it's not going to really affect you because you can have a plan that doesn't affect you. And then if you understand it, you're not going to panic. You're not going to constantly be worrying every time there's a tweet from Washington about China And the market goes down 4%. You don't have to be sweating that stuff because you've built. I mean, we know markets are volatile and we know they're unpredictable. So build that into your plan so that you're not affected by short-term volatility and unpredictability. 
then you've got a plan that will work and you understand it. That is so important. You not only have a plan, you understand your plan so you don't get big surprises and you can retire and live with confidence instead of constant worry. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting broganfinancial.com. Do please check us out online. You can go to broganfinancial.com. Also, my upcoming classes, I've got two classes in October at Pellissippi State. I'll be in Hardin Valley. It's a two-part class, adult education, on uh, it's uh, October the 15th and 22nd. And I'll be in Blunt County out in Friendsville. For those of you that live in Maryville or even if you live down in Teleco Village, it's only like 20 minutes away. And it is uh, at the Friendsville, that beautiful Pellissippi campus out there in Blunt County on October 10th and 17th. Uh, it's the same class. It's two two-hour sessions. Uh, and you can get more information at PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. The two classes, they're both 6.30 to 8.30 on both nights. Uh, again, it's the 15th and 22nd in Hardin Valley. It's the 10th and 17th in Blunt County. I would love to see you there. Go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. Also, go to our new improved website. You can sign up for our new, a weekly newsletter to give you an update on our blog postings, our radio, po- our podcast postings. Oh, and yes, we finally finally got our new podcast pages up. So if you go to broganfinancial.com, click on radio, you, we have all of our recordings. We've got our radio shows, we've got our dollars and cents segments, and we've got our retirement minutes right there for about the last year or so. Uh, so this episode with Dr. Ty Prince will be on our platform, on our website this week. So if you missed part of the earlier uh, discussion and you want to hear that because you definitely don't want to miss that about the fall season with allergies um, you can get that at broganfinancial.com click on radio uh, we've also got all those podcasts uh, group by category when you get to dollars and cents and retirement minute you can pull up a category like income planning and it'll pull up all of our podcasts you know in the last year or so that are on income planning so i'd love to have you check that out and follow us uh, we are visiting with Dr. Ty Prince. He's with the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center. He's an allergist, among other things, also immunology, and a great guy. We have him on all the time, and we're talking about fall allergies, which we don't talk about a lot. But let's talk about allergies in general, Dr. Prince. I mentioned there before the break, it seems like the allergens are getting worse every year. And many are placing the blame squarely on climate change. Yes. So what is your view on climate change and its impact potentially on allergies? Well, we know for certain that in Tennessee, the winter temperatures have increased over the last 20 years. Uh, whether you believe in global warming or not, clearly Tennessee has increased their winters. When you go skiing at ski resorts, and you talk to those owners and long-term employees of ski resorts, you find that there are less snow days than what they've had in the past. What we find, allergists actually and the scientists that study allergies look at potency of pollen as well as pollen levels. And we've discovered that the pollen is more potent in warmer times as well, too. 
So do you think we can, I guess that's a question about are, are our temperatures going to continue to warm? But at least for this, at this point, do you expect seasonal allergies to increase both in severities and in lasting longer? We think that's playing a role there. And, you know, when we, when we don't get that good first frost in the, in the fall, if we get that later, the pollen's going to stay higher as well, too. So there's a, the uh, ragweed counts will go to zero after a, after a frost. Well, there you go. Till the next year. Yeah. Now, Dr. David Peden, he's an adjunct professor at North Carolina and former American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology president. He estimates that an additional 10 to 15% of the population will be afflicted with allergies by 2050 at the rate we are going. Have you seen that, and do you agree with that, and what does that mean for us in general? We've seen the percentage of allergies increase, and, and again, we it's probably multifactorial, but I think it's a combination of uh, climate change and, uh, I believe, a change in our microbiome inside the home. Uh, this was discovered back in the in the 80s. Uh, they discovered in Europe that the European farmers and their children had almost no allergies, whereas the city dwellers uh, had the same amount as we have here in the U.S., and when you look at the microbiome of the home in those people, the European farmers very often live inside their barns. So they track a lot of dirt and, and bacteria back into their house. And their microbiome is different than, than the was, is and was different than the city dwellers. And so we might be having some probiotics for the house in the future instead of... You know, that's remarkable to me because when you talked about that, I thought about that in the first segment. You were talking about... Because you would think farmers, they're outside more. Yes. They're tracking stuff in more. They're stirring everything up when they're farming, right? Yes. They're stirring oh, everything up, yes. and they're not. And then the Amish people, same kind of thing. Yes. And yet they don't have as big of an issue. That's, That's correct. very North, interesting. Or third world countries. I mean, they live uh, third world countries, don't have uh, air conditioning and central air and heat, that kind of thing. And they have, they very often sleep on dirt, very often. But, it almost seems like to me we're creating this pristine environment that we live in in our homes and in our businesses, and then we get shocked more. Yes. That, that's at least my what my instinct tells me. Is that wrong? I think going from that clean environment to a dirty environment makes a big difference. That The same way when people move to this area and their immune system starts seeing all this pollen, <laughs> all this mold, uh, and it's uh, it starts to recognize that foreign material as an allergen. Yeah, that's remarkable. Tell you what, what about treatment options? What about these new allergy drops as opposed to allergy shots? At what point do you got to kind of say, you know what, the the, the over-the-counter stuff isn't effective enough? So what about treatment options? Stay tuned as we visit with Dr. Ty Prince from the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center here in East Tennessee, right here on More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Pulling it down at the 6th, golf 10, 15, 20, going outside, 25, golf 30, golf 35, golf 40, golf 45, 50, 45, 40, yes sir, going golf, ladies and gentlemen, is running all the way to the state capitol, give him 6th. Willie, golf! Quarterback roll right, it was a long throw downfield, the Willie golf, for a second no one Your voice was our eyes and we could see 
Touchdown, Tennessee. Thank you for listening to more living with jim brogan if you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement and now here's senior market advisor magazine's 2011 national advisor of the year and host of more living jim brogan this is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. As you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and we're visiting with Dr. Ty Prince of the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center here in East Tennessee. Uh, always gracious to spend time with us, and we're talking about fall allergies and all the things impacted. Um, I do want to remind you, if you go to our website, broganfinancial.com, we've kind of redone some things, and you've got even more ways you can follow us. You can even sign up for a weekly newsletter that will give you basically links to all of our content that's been generated for that week, our radio show, our dollars and cents podcasts, our Retirement Minute podcast. The Retirement Minute airs every week on this show, or excuse me, on this station on Tuesdays. And uh, so you can follow us and also see our blog postings and all those things. My upcoming classes, it's my last two of the fall semester. Uh, Adult education, two-part class, thrive financially in retirement at Pellissippi State. There's one in Blunt County. Uh, in October, and then there's one in Hardin Valley in October. If you go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com, you can download the syllabus, and it's got both classes listed there, so you can get the details. I'm in I'm in Blunt County I'm in Blunt County on the 10th and 17th of October, 6:30 to 8:30, and then I'm in Hardin Valley on the 15th and 22nd. So again, BroganFinancial.com. Click on classes, uh, you, or you could just go straight to uh, PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. Uh, Doctor Ty Prince, at what point does somebody, as they you know, we reach for the over-the-counter stuff? nasal sprays and antihistamines at what point do we really need to get more aggressive treatment well first of all when you're tired of dealing with it you're fed up with it you're tired of dealing with it but certainly if you have any complications to your allergies the most common thing we see is going to be some asthma complicating allergies uh, frequent respiratory infections colds and sinusitis but then fatigue uh, the fatigue will not be treated by these medications, and the, and the body thinks that it's actually getting infected. So people who suffer from allergies feel like they have a cold very often. And if you draw blood from those patients, you can see the factors in the blood that are elevated when you have a cold are also elevated when you have a bad allergy attack. And if that's the case, then you need immunotherapy, either oral or injectable immunotherapy, or you need to move from East Tennessee maybe to the desert somewhere. Well, and, 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 and when, when it relates to asthma, Knoxville has consistently been ranked one of the most challenging places to live with asthma. Yes. But I guess there's a lot of connect, a connection, maybe sometimes not, but a lot of connection between asthma and allergies. A strong connection. Uh, 80 to 90% of the pediatric asthmatics have asthma, and, and 70 to, or 60 to 80% of the adult asthmatics uh, have allergies. And how much, Dr. Prince, do you deal with pediatric allergy and, and immunology issues? We see a lot of that. Uh, just depends on what 
what office I go to, I see more pediatrics in certain office uh, offices than I do adults and vice versa. And then in treatments, you know, we're all familiar with the shots, and now they've come out with allergy drops. How effective are the drops that well, you put in your mouth? The most, the first thing you need to know about allergy drops is they're not covered by insurance. And if you have an allergy drop that tastes good, I can guarantee you it's not strong enough. <laughs> uh, but you, you have to put a lot in those drops, and you pretty much have to use them year-round the first year, and then you can use them seasonally thereafter. Uh, we have dissolvable sublingual tablets now for dust, ragweed, and grass. Not We don't have them for trees yet. Uh, but those, again, you have to take them year-round. You have to put them under the tongue, let them dissolve for a couple of minutes, uh, and then swallow. And we just don't see people compliant with those. So it's harder to, or you don't see people staying with the regimen as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, if listeners are interested in contacting you, Dr. Prince, uh, how can they get hold of the of your practice? Allergyasc.com or just plug in allergy and and asthma and our site will pop up yeah allergyasc.com and i can tell you he's been great helping me over the years with some things as i've dealt with from time to time dealing with a lot of issues so uh do give do give them a, a, a contact if you really are fed up with it and ready to do something about it again that's allergyasc.com dr prince thank you so much thank you jim always it's enjoy it always great to have you with us that's dr ty prince Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center here in East Tennessee. As today, we've been talking about allergies because greater health provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Be sure to check out our new website at broganfinancial.com. It's been improved. We've also got our podcast loaded in there. If you'll click on radio, you can hear by category my podcasts. We'd love for you to check that out. Thank you for tuning in. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7. W-O-K-I. expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.